Today's podcast is brought to you by Howie's new book, Paperboy. To order today, go to HowieCarshow.com and click on store. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio, it's the Grace Curley Show. we got to bring in a new voice, a young voice, a rising voice, Grace Curley. You can read Grace's work in the Boston Herald and the Spectator. Especially, Grace, Grace, stand up. Here's the millennial with the mic, Grace Curley. Welcome back, everyone, to the Grace Curley Show. There's a couple stories that I really want to hit before... We wrap it up today. And for people who don't know, I'm actually taking tomorrow off. I'll be off tomorrow and Monday. But don't worry. You are in great hands. We've got some great fill-in hosts. And there's just so much news to get to that there's tons to cover. Now, I didn't focus too much on the John Kerry story. But I did kind of tease it, and I want to give people a little bit more information about this. This is the headline. It's NBC News, and it says... John Podesta to succeed John Kerry as top advisor for international climate policy. Now, a surefire way to know these jobs mean nothing is that the name, the title always changes. Like sometimes it's climate envoy, climate czar. Now it's international climate policy advisor. It's, you know, chancellor, assistant to the regional manager. None of it means anything. It says President Joe Biden has picked senior White House advisor John Podesta to fill the international climate policy role being vacated by John Kerry, a senior administration official confirmed Wednesday. But what big shoes to fill? How will he take the place of a man like John Kerry, who's done so much for the planet? A second senior official said Podesta will maintain his current portfolio advising the president while adding the climate duties. How big of him. You know what he is, Jared? He's just a worker bee. He's just a workaholic like Joe. Joe only surrounds himself with other people who are as obsessed with working 24-7 as he is. Socratic thinkers with razor sharp wits. So it makes sense that John Podesta, given his own busy schedule and difficult job as White House advisor, he's also going to take on the tasks of John Kerry. Is he going to get the salary that John Kerry got? Is he is he taking on the salary as well or That's some a, type of prorated salary? Well, well, you know what I'm curious about? That's a really great question. Uh, but it says he's advising the president while adding the climate duties My follow-up is, what are the climate duties? Like, give me, you know what I'm a big fan of, Jared? I'm a big fan of an old-fashioned list. Let's sit down. If I could do kind of an audit of this administration, I would love to sit down with John Kerry and John Podesta. This would be after my conversation with Lloyd Austin and all of his minions who dropped the ball on the uh, Google calendar situation. But I would sit down with John Podesta and I would sit down with John Kerry. And I would say, listen, this is a very important transition. Because this is the job of International Climate Policy Czar Envoy. And we don't take that lightly. Slash man of mystery. And whoever's in charge of this is saving the planet from exploding. So we need to know, we need to line out, we need to outline these duties and give your predecessor enough information. Okay? And not predecessor, successor. 
enough information. The planet has a fever. And then I would say to John Kerry, why don't you walk us through on a daily basis what it is that you do here? It'd be like office space. Walk me through. You get in. I'm going to be generous here and say he gets in at 10. And then, you know what? He really strikes me as an 11 o'clock kind of guy. So 11 o'clock, you show up. You're in the office. A Bloody Mary before 1030, Grace? What happens? Are we going through the emails? Uncouth. I would love to see if he had to fill in the schedule, Jared, how long the email clean out would be. It would be like 1130 to 1. Go through emails. 1 to 3, lunch. 3 to 5, free play with Michael Scott. (laughs) Three to five, listen to some James Taylor and maybe have a little drink for myself. I mean, I just, I need to know what those duties are. Only so John Podesta knows what he's getting into. Because it just seems like we're burdening this man. We're putting a lot on the shoulders of John Podesta. Okay? And I don't want him to be stressed out and overwhelmed with all these duties. Um... I, another thing I wanted to talk about, but we'll go to the callers before I do. I, I do want to get into the hunter. Also, John Podesta is 75 years old. So I don't think, it, I mean, you would think something so involved would go to somebody who's a little younger, maybe well, Jared, you know, a little more stamina. Nothing against the 75-year-olds, I'm just saying. Jared, in this current White House, a 75-year-old? <laughs> That's true. A 75-year-old is the young whippersnapper. Like he 75 shows up, is the new 20. He shows up and everyone's like, look at the new guy. Look at the young new guy. Thinks he's so cool because he drives a motorcycle to work. I mean, he is. He remembers the horseless carriage. (laughs) He thinks he's better than all of us. Yeah, so we are going to get into Hunter Biden in just a second here. But first, let's go to the callers. I want to start with Ron. You're up next on the Grace Curley Show. Go ahead, Ron. Hey, Grace. How are you? Good. What's going on, man? Hey, I listen to a lot of radio because I drive a lot, and your show is soothing, especially after a night where Mark Levin screams at me to sleep. But um, at <laughs> <laughs> any rate, um, hey, um, I find this Newton uh, teacher strike to be infuriating, especially after um, the schools were locked down and uh, kids were at home and parents had to um, find, you know, alternate daycare. They got the Dropkick Murphys showing up, which I like their music. They seem to have peaked. But I think everybody's just misguided. I just wish, uh, I hope that, I pray that Massachusetts will turn on the Democrat Party because we're a majority Democrat, like 90% or more of the legislature is Democrat. So we're all seeing what that gets us. Now, on another note, um, as far as, Newton goes, uh, Newton and towns like Sharon. I'm not Jewish, but I'm certainly sympathetic to the Jewish people. I have some uh, Jewish people in my life that I care about. That being said, I'm so conflicted when we talk about uh, dumping immigrants in Jewish neighborhoods like Sharon and Newton, because I consider that possibly more anti-Semitism to uh, people that have already suffered enough. Even though we know that the, the Jewish people, by and large, vote Democrat, it's, it's just kind of a, I'm conflicted with that one. Uh, because especially a lot of these uh, immigrants come from areas of the world that are um, deeply anti-Semitic. 
Yeah, I think that the issue and, you know, people want to get into like we had a caller a few segments ago who was saying, well, why don't you talk about Weymouth? Or why don't you talk about Quincy? And this has been happening all over the state. And he's right. And there's I'm never going to have enough time to talk about each community and why they shouldn't have to be dealing with this problem. But the truth is, is that until the Democrats can acknowledge like we hear a lot about this reality. You know, I saw Jay Tapper saying Democrats, you know, are more based in reality or we were more based in reality during the Clinton years. Or he said something ridiculous like that. But they like to throw around this this idea of they're based in reality and they're based in fact. And we're all just, you know, consuming red meat and going crazy with these MAGA conspiracy theories or whatever. But the truth is, is that the reality is that whether you're talking about Weymouth or you're talking about Roxbury or you're talking about New York City or you're talking about Chicago or you're talking about a, a Texas border town, this country is not built to handle this. This country is built and we are prepared to have people enter it legally and go through a process, but no country that actually wants to remain intact is meant to deal with an influx, a surge of people. So I don't care if you're talking about Sharon, if you're talking about Roxbury, if you're talking about any of these communities in Massachusetts, it's not it's not the way that things are supposed to work. There has to be, there's nothing xenophobic about saying there has to be a process. There has to be some sort of structure to all of this. And Mayor Wu and Governor Healy, like you'll hear them kind of blaming each other and also blaming the fact that they don't have enough money and blaming the fact that they don't have enough resources and we don't have enough infrastructure. And until... These people, until these liberals can say this starts at the top, Joe Biden needs to get on this, he needs to enforce the law, until they can say that, no one should take anything that they are saying seriously. Because if you cannot acknowledge that basic reality that this is unsustainable and something needs to change, then everything else you're saying is like empty platitudes. Everything else you're saying is complete and utter fluff and no one should take it seriously and now you have kathy Hochul, the governor of new york who's so proud to be a sanctuary state and she's saying that these illegal aliens who beat up the nypd and then left by the way got off and the first thing he did was flip the double bird to the reporters now kathy Hochul saying well maybe uh, we should consider deporting those people and Am I supposed to give her a round of applause for figuring that out? Like, how long does it take people to understand that this is what's going to happen? It's crazy. And and you know what? I was I was talking to someone today who was more involved in the legal world, but she said, "Yeah, everybody loves everybody loves you know sanctuary cities and all these concepts in the abstract, but people don't really like it once it starts affecting their reality." And she said, "It's unfortunate that we can't." think about those consequences before they actually show up, you know, before before they're actually affecting us so directly. And that's the part of this that's always amazed me is that people can't do that. Like, don't you always think in a scenario, 
How would I like it? Yeah, that's something your parents teach you when you're little. How would you like it if this happened to you? Would you like it if someone treated you like this? Would you like it if you were in this circumstance? Try to be nice to that person because you don't know what it's like to walk in their shoes. And instead, you have all these liberals voting for Joe Biden and saying, well, if it were me, I would be nice about it. If I were on that border town in Texas, I'd be really nice. I wouldn't be racist, mean, xenophobes like those Republicans. But they never take a second to go, but let's actually think about if it were happening to me, how would I react? It turns out the reactions are pretty much the same. People do not like to have their resources taken away from them or their kids, and they don't like to have their communities burdened with this. It doesn't mean you're not a nice person. It doesn't mean you don't have a big heart. It doesn't mean that your home is full of hate or that you're anti-water just means that you have some common sense and you're living in reality we'll be right back we'll take more of your calls don't go anywhere howie got the flu shot and then he came down with the flu the mailroom manager came down with rsv staff and clients have gotten covid winter has just begun but it can hit you right away with all of these viruses and so much more that's why you need the emergency med kit from the wellness company the emergency med kit has eight potentially life-saving medications to fight covid bronchitis pneumonia nausea and so much more you don't want to lose a week or two to any of these illnesses don't get caught not being able to see your doctor to obtain the medications you need to nip a bad virus in the bud and I always say like the more prepared you are the faster you can get on one of these illnesses and just kind of wipe it out then the more time you're going or the less time you'll be feeling kind of crappy which is great so there have been medication supply chain issues before it's just another reason why you need the emergency med kit from the wellness company don't get caught unprepared keep the wellness company's medical emergency kit in your medicine cabinet it's like having a doctor in a box now what are you getting that's what people text me and they say i want to get this but i don't really get what's in it well it's antibiotics it's antivirals it's antiparasitics things that you've heard of before amoxicillin ivermectin z-pack things that you'll know you'll need it comes with a 22 page guidebook shows up right at your door you'll know how to use this stuff you got all the safe use instructions and it covers everything. Order today at twc.health slash curly. And then I want you to use code curly10 for 10% off. That's twc.health slash curly, code curly10. Also, when we come back, we're going to talk Hunter Biden and the latest sad song that he's singing. He's really, he's not just a victim. He's the victim of the year, the victim of the century. We'll talk about that. And E. Jean Carroll had a glitzy party in NYC to celebrate her win against Donald Trump. And I've got the guest list. I think you're going to like this. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Grace Curley Show. This is The Grace Curley Show. Welcome back, everybody, to The Grace Curley Show. One of the texters said the common denominator is the people making these decisions don't have to deal with the consequences. And I would agree with that. And it's... 
it's it's not unheard of for politicians especially to do that to people to just go well and you know what's so telling too is like when when this happened with kamala harris they sent the illegal aliens in front of her house in dc and there was outrage and then kjp when she heard about what happened in martha's vineyard she said this is human trafficking you're using people as political pawns hold on a second i thought this was wonderful i thought this was you know sharing the responsibility of our shared human experience and humankind and, you know, putting all of these words together in a giant buzzword salad. I thought this was all good. I thought we were so... How come the people in Roxbury are supposed to be so happy about this delivery? But Kamala Harris and other and other politicians and Joe Biden and his beach house, how come when, when people show up there, it's like this horrible stunt that's the word you keep hearing it's a stunt it's a political stunt but when 400 families show up to roxbury they're expecting the residents to meet them with open arms hmm something's not adding up here 844-500-4242 let's go to john you're next up on the grace curly show go ahead john hi grace hi um you have a great show. I just wanted to let you know that. Thank you, John. I appreciate um, that. Uh, well, you're welcome. Um, I am retired, uh, recently retired, and I was a an executive locally with a uh, medical supply company. And, you know, you said earlier that John Kerry did not have to have a, you know, there's no description of his job. We were required to have descriptions on file of every job in our company. Yeah, because they probably wanted you guys to actually do your jobs and be able to, you know, be able to do your jobs well. And it's hard. It's hard to get people to do their jobs if they don't even know what their jobs are. And that's part of the issue here. I don't think John Kerry. I'd be very curious, John, if you sat him down and said, hey, run us through a typical day. What's going on in John Kerry world? I think there'd be a lot I think there'd be a lot of fluff. I think there'd be a lot of trying to stretch things out, you know? I go through my stack of see my stack of stuff over there. I go through that and I that will take me a little while. That's about 25 minutes at least. Oftentimes I have to go to the bathroom and that's it's a pretty long hallway, so add 10 minutes in right there. And look at that. We're already at 11:30. So, you know, what more can I say? Yeah, you're right, though, John. Most jobs, you'd have to know what you're doing. And also most jobs, John, I would bet you this. If you left your job tomorrow and you said, hey, um, like, for example, if I left tomorrow, I would hope, Jared, that whoever was coming in here to take my place wouldn't be able to do my job and do a completely separate other job at the same time like that you know what that would do that would hurt my feelings a little bit i'd be like damn maybe i'm a lazy sob that that other person's able to come in and do exactly what i was doing and their own job huh that's not good that's not a good sign. Well, John, John Podesta doesn't have another job anyway. He's got So now he's got two do-nothing jobs. You know how they always say, try to be indispensable. Try to make it so your boss can't live without you. You want to be indispensable. John Kerry's the opposite of that. He is extremely dispensable. They're like, yeah, you can leave, and not only will we not notice, 
But the guy who's going to do your job, he's going to be pretty busy with his other stuff. That's not a good sign, John. That is not a good sign. 844-500-4242. We're talking Hunter Biden. We're taking more of your calls. And Emma Foley's going to defend the groundhog when we come back. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio. Let's go to Candace quick here, Jared, before we switch gears. Go ahead, Candace. Hey, Grace. How are you today? I'm good. What's going on? Uh, well, I, I really love listening to you. and This is totally unsolicited, but I just wanted to give your listeners a, a first-hand report about one of your um, advertisers. Mm. I know it's not the most critical thing going on today, but I just wanted to brag a little bit about it. So your Eden Pure Thunderstorm plug-ins, I have two of them. I've used them for about a year. And... My husband kind of never noticed, right? And when I would mention them, he'd kind of just do the eye roll, like, yeah, right? So last week, we had our furnace uh, serviced and cleaned and stuff, and there was this really nasty oil smell. And so my husband said, yeah, you know, it's going to last for a couple of days. You just have to deal with it, you know? And I was like, huh. So I thought I would give it a try. I put two of the uh, plug-ins in the basement. And, I mean, I'm not, I'm not kidding you. It was like within two hours, there was zero oil smell. That I mean, is I'm awesome, talking. Candace. And I, I, I know, really appreciate I you letting us know that because I know a lot of my listeners um, have been wanting to try it. And now they know that, it, and I've had that same experience where you just can't believe how good it works. So thank you, Candace, And thank you so much for listening to The Grace Curly Show and for supporting our sponsors and our clients. We really appreciate that. And call back, Candace. We'd love to hear from you again. Uh, 844-500-4242. I do want to talk Hunter Biden. But before that, we have some pressing issues to deal with. And you know what? It's Thursday. But for me, it's Friday because I have tomorrow off. And I'm already getting a lot of heat, by the way. I feel like Howie, people are saying I'm a part-time radio host. In my defense, as John Kerry would say, I'm going on a ski trip, okay? So it's very important that I take tomorrow off. Now, because it's my Friday, I wanted to have... It's the only choice for somebody like me. I wanted to have a little bit of fun here. There's big happenings when it comes to Punxsutawney Phil. So the Punxsutawney Groundhog Club is trying to get Phil, or or PETA is trying to urge the Punxsutawney Groundhog Club to let Phil retire. Now, here's what PETA says. For more than a century, the Punxsutawney Groundhog Club has held a groundhog captive. I'm sorry, I shouldn't laugh. Has held a groundhog captive so that it can drag him out on February 2nd when he'd naturally be in hibernation and pretend that he's giving a weather forecast. For years, we've pointed out what the club already knows. Punxsutawney Phil is not a meteorologist and did not ask for this job. Groundhogs are shy, solitary animals who only socialize with other groundhogs to choose a partner. Blah, 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 blah. You can sign on to this to try to get the Groundhog Club to let Phil retire. So whenever there's a huge issue like this and a giant debate that's taken over the culture, I always like to present both sides of it. That's why we have Emma Foley here, who is pro-Groundhog, Jared Diglio, who hates groundhogs in such a way that's actually a little bit disturbing to most of us. Um, and I'm so, okay with the animal. I, I don't like the day, the festivities. I think that's... You think that's what? I think it's just useless 
and kind of unnecessarily cruel to the animals not to agree with PETA. But this groundhog just wants to live its life. It, and I do have a question about that. Do they think that this is like the same Punxsutawney Phil that's been in prison, like Nelson Mandela? Remember the one for year? For years. Like groundhogs, like their max lifespan is like 14 years. Remember the one year he died like that day and they had to pull out the the VP groundhog? <laughs> right. The well, understudy? It didn't, uh, wasn't it Bill de Blasio who murdered the groundhog? Uh, yeah, not Punxsutawney Phil, but yeah, he dropped. Uh, yeah, dropped. The Murdered other... might be a strong word. How he might that... be saying, "Don't, <laughs> don't use that word on the air." Okay, well, yeah, there was definitely an unfortunate incident with the ground out. Yeah, I think I, I can't believe I, somewhat agree with Peta because I usually don't. But I think but the whole tradition's stupid. But don't you think that the groundhogs are a little tougher than that? Like, you really think that bringing them out for one day? First of all, maybe that one day is their favorite day of the year and they're so pumped for it and they get themselves psyched up. It's like their Super Bowl. They're all backstage going, here we go, here we go, here we go. And then he goes out and he's like, ah, I see my shadow. Also, if Taylor Swift starts dating a groundhog, <laughs> I will ascribe to that theory. See, look, look, look. Uh, as a former Pennsylvanian, born and raised Pennsylvanian, this is a very important holiday to me and I want to wish everyone a happy Groundhog Eve. Do you celebrate also, privately or, or with other people? Um... You know, it depends on the year. Okay. But growing up in grade school, it was it was a very important morning. You would discuss it, what happened that day in Punxsutawney. And I do want to correct you earlier. You did say Groundhog's Day. And that just makes you sound like you're not not from the state. It just makes you sound Have stupid. you ever drank a yingling, Grace? Well, I just want to correct you. Leakers, um, other Pennsylvania things. I think most kids in elementary school talked about the Groundhog. I don't think it was like a... It was different. A Philly See, thing. In Pennsylvania, there are really only three directions a groundhog can go. Number one, you you work for the state lottery. If you know, you know. Number two, the exterminator. And we're not going to go into that on air. That's too gory. And third, the big leagues is when you become a Punxsutawney Phil. It's like pageantry. It's, it's the place, the direction that you want to go. But how many openings are there for that? There are several understudies. Oh, really? Okay, so they have a couple. They have Backups a lot of alternates. Because if you screw up, it's again, it's your one day a year. Yeah, February two. If you mess it up, I think they've made. I, well, obviously, you have the the rom com with Bill Murray, which is a masterpiece, and it's so much more about the groundhog, really. And you also, I believe, they're also cartoon and animated <laughs> Punxsutawney Phil specials that air okay. on tomorrow. Mm-hmm. It, so it's, it, you tell me, there's like a, a groundhog, like school to prison pipeline or the you know the big leagues that's it for groundhogs there's no happy medium you're either that, a like, star or you're on the street yes yeah it's it's an unfortunate pipeline but we have to support them every way we can to get to central pa okay i'm gonna make my judgment at this point and to be fair i'm usually the one who's in emma's position defending the groundhog so it should come as no surprise to people that i am ruling that emma foley has won this argument we are pro groundhog <laughs> we are not going to be killing off groundhog's day well, we're not going to be but if they don't make it to bunch of tawny <laughs> sorry the groundhogs live to see another day. But every year, I mean, they're never right. Like, they're always like, oh, it's going to be six more weeks. of What does that even mean? It's, I, I, I can't get into it. And I'm not going to be here tomorrow, so I don't have to. This is the first year in, like, ten years where I don't have to have this argument tomorrow. And, like, winter's going to be gone, right? Because if, if you listen to the climate people, I mean, have, have these groundhogs, are they climatologists? Oh, we got to bring it back to the, the climate? I mean, can we? Is nothing their sacred? Career, their career's in jeopardy. 
their career is in jeopardy. Okay, guys, uh, we have to move on, though, because there's something else I really want to talk about. Emma Foley, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for, I know this is so important to your culture and to who you are as a person, so we do appreciate it. Um, Hunter Biden compares himself to a Romanov, a migrant child, and a Greek tragedy in delusional court filing. See, Jonathan Turley calls it delusional. I call it creative. You know, he's a he's an artist, and he's kind of, I always say he's like the talented Mr. Ripley. This is really, the, this one's a stretch to 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 but call it are you saying there was no ghostwriter on his memoirs i don't think so so i, I want to read you a couple of these details okay this is from jonathan turley i'm just going to skip around hunter files he put, puts out this new court filing his lawyers do and this is in regards to the federal gun charge now to back up his argument his argument is that he's being selectively prosecuted that he's being unfairly treated which is ironic because of course the name of the game when it comes to Hunter Biden is the privilege that he's had. I mean, this kid has had a kid. I always do that. He's like 50 years old. This adult man has had more breaks and more special treatment because of his last name than anyone could have dreamed of having in their lifetime. And yet now he's singing the blues and saying no one's had it as bad as me because my last name's Biden. So he's kind of trying to take this, the name Biden and say, it actually hasn't helped me. It's hurt me. Now, to back up his argument, Abby Lowell, his lawyer, cites Plyler v. Doe, a case involving providing the providing of free education to the children of illegal immigrants to say that the Constitution, quote, prevents the government from inflicting harm on children for the conduct of their parents. Goodwill Hunter over here. So Hunter sees the children of illegal immigrants getting free education and he goes i can make that work for me i can take that argument i can take that case and i can work it into my story you know what he has inherited from his father the ability to take anything and everything and make it about a biden i mean think about joe he does this all the time he'll go anywhere he sees a bridge he sees a puerto rican church he sees a, 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 a Greek wedding and he's like, this is about me. You wouldn't know. He shows up to a wedding, Jared. He looks at the bride and groom. He's like, you'd never know that your entire wedding is actually about me. Call me Badnopolis. I bet none of you knew when you came here today to celebrate this baptism that you were actually all here because of me. The man makes everything about himself. Turns out his son can do that too. And his son might be better at it. Like his son takes a case about illegal aliens and their children getting free education. And he goes, that is how I'm going to prove I'm innocent. That is how I'm going to fight this federal gun charge right there. That's not all, by the way. Joe Biden is like an undocumented migrant father who carried his kid over the border for a better life. That's what Hunter's arguing. One can only imagine the press response to any comparison of the Trump children to migrant children. But they wouldn't do that because they're not that arrogant. Turley writes, Hunter also cites cases involving children born out of wedlock in need of court protection. Not because he's referencing his own daughter, who he doesn't acknowledge. The argument is particularly ironic since Hunter Biden fought to prevent his daughter, Navy Joan, from using his last name. But it, it's not ironic enough for Hunter not to cite it in his filing. Perhaps the most insulting analogy is to the treatment of children 
in Japanese internment camps. I cannot believe this isn't a bigger story. And I know. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for them. I will give you guys the fact that there's a lot of news today. We just covered Punxsutawney Phil, so need I say more. But even with all of the news there is, this is insane. This man is what the young people call Delulu. He's comparing his life. He's comparing his struggles. He's trying to get out of his federal gun charge where he dropped the gun in the trash can that he got because he got the gun when he was on drugs. He lied on the gun form and said he wasn't. Then he, his girlfriend slash his brother's widow dumped it in a trash can. And his argument is that this is just like how the children were treated in Japanese internment camps. Wow. Make that one make sense. Hunter quotes the dissent in the infamous Korematsu versus United States in describing how the government in that case was attempting to make an otherwise innocent act a crime merely because this prisoner is the son of parents as to whom he had no choice and belongs to a race from which there is no way to resign. You know, when I think of Japanese internment camps, it's actually kind of crazy because my first thought is usually... This is exactly what happened to Hunter Biden. These stories are so similar to that of Hunter Biden. It is not exactly the image that comes to mind in photos of Hunter in high-priced hotels surrounded by prostitutes and a smorgasbord of narcotics. Maybe not to Jonathan Turley, but speak for yourself, man. It then gets even weirder. Hunter tells the court that it is precisely great privilege that makes children like him the target of animus for that very reason. History is replete with children of political figures being abducted and assassinated, literally. He references the murder of Romanov children by Russian revolutionaries, or figuratively, Odysseus murdering the son of Crown Prince Hector when sacking Troy. There seems to be no victim in history who was not a precursor to Hunter. At one point, They suggest that prosecuting Hunter for a gun charge is similar to Joe McCarthy forcing a senator to retire by threatening to reveal that his son was a homosexual. Oh, Hunter. Hunter is the gift that keeps on giving. He just will not quit. You have to admire it to a degree. He is... He's not going to... uh, He's not going to shy away from the spotlight. When we come back, we'll talk to Howie Carr, but I wanted to tell you guys about my favorite thing from Omaha Steaks, which right now, it always changes because, you know, you go through phases. Sometimes I'm really loving the filet mignons. Those are always a classic. But right now, I finally whipped up some of the pork chops because everyone in the office had been talking about them. And now I understand. Jared always says, once you have pork chops from Omaha Steaks, you'll understand how pork chops are supposed to taste. And that is the truth. Plus, right now, you go to omahasteaks.com slash grace, you're going to get four free chicken breasts and four free juicy pork chops. So you don't even have to worry about that. You are going to be able to try the pork chops and try the chicken. Let's talk about what else you can add into your cart. You can also have delicious hamburgers, sirloin, filet mignon, hot dogs. There's so many options and there's delicious sides. There's delicious desserts. So no one comes close to matching the flavor, tenderness, and value of Omaha Steaks. Did I mention value? That part of it is really key. Going to the grocery store, 
You're looking at stuff that's all picked over. You're wasting time. You're wasting money. This way, it gets delivered right to your door, and it's the best quality you could ask for for the best price. So visit omahasteaks.com slash grace, and you're also going to get four free chicken breasts, four free pork chops with your order. Start loving every bite today, and then tell me what you cook up. The offer won't last long. Minimum purchase may apply. That's omahasteaks.com slash grace to get those freebies. Today's poll question is brought to you by Colette Tours and the November 16th listener getaway to Iceland with Caroline Levitt. For more information, go to gracecurlyshow.com and click on the listener getaway banner. Jared, what's the poll question and what are the results thus far? Today's poll question, which you can vote in at gracecurlyshow.com, is should President Trump's PACs use money for his legal bills? Yeah, I don't have an issue with it. I guess he's used 50 million bucks from the Trump Save America Super PAC. I think all the people who donate to that Super PAC probably could have guessed that that's where the money's going to be used. Yeah, 63% of the audience agrees with you. Yes, 37% say no. Still a close one, though. So go to gracecurlyshow.com to vote on that. When we come back, we're going to talk to Howard Lawrence Carr. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to The Grace Curly Show. This is The Grace Curley Show. Clearly, Hunter Biden doesn't think modesty is the best policy, and neither does the illegal alien who attacked the NYPD officer. And then when he was being photographed by the media, decided to flip the double bird. Howie, have you seen this photo? What do you make of this? Is this a good way to win over in the court of public opinion? You know, if they g- still gave Pulitzer Prizes for uh, for real news, <laughs> this would be the Pulitzer Prize winner of the year for spot news photography, I think. Even though it was a simple shot, it says it all. Yeah, it does. And you know what, Howie? I'm glad you brought that up because it was a good week for photography. We had that and we had the pictures outside the rec center in Roxbury. Some of those signs were just amazing. Yeah, they were. And I'm so happy that the, uh, the Herald got them and... You know, I try to get the Herald to do stuff like, you know, go to the uh, No Whites Need Apply Apartheid Christmas Party at the uh, Parkman House. You know, a picture is worth a thousand words. And uh, these these are great pictures. And that picture of the uh, the illegal alien. And, you know, he had committed a multitude of crimes before this. And uh, he had assaulted uh, American citizens. And uh, nothing happened to him. And he walks out the door and he's given everybody the finger. What's the thing you always say, Howie? It's not usually your first time where you get. It's never your first time anything, whether it's even when you're three years old and you're stealing a cookie and you get caught. It's not the first time. Now, really quickly, Howie, before we go here, I I called you up about this today and I said, Howie, I'm just seeing so many parallels between this and the busing with the, the towns involved with people saying, why is this happening in Roxbury? Why don't you send the illegal aliens to Wellesley? And it reminds me, and I know my dad was bused there, but it's all of these white elite liberals trying to tell the lower income communities what's best for them. Yeah, I mean, not you know, they're they're from different communities. The governor now is from uh, Arlington rather than Brookline, and uh, the editor of the uh, who knows you know who, who even knows where the Globe editors live anymore. But it's the same thing. Everybody's an, an elitist, and uh, they want to send them to to Wellesley, where the uh, judge W. Arthur Garrity Jr. was from, who uh, who ordered the federal judge uh, Kennedy uh, coat holder. 
uh, and Lickspittle, uh, who ordered the busing in Boston, even though he lived in the suburbs. Yeah, they just want to create chaos in these communities, and then you know, and start, feel good and, and virtue feel good. signal. Exactly, that's the that's the payoff. Is they get to feel good while everyone else is in disarray. Howie Carr is coming up next. He's got a great show planned. I'll see you all on Tuesday.